The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus told his disciples this parable. A man going on a journey called in his servants and entrusted his possessions to them. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to a third one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. Immediately the one who received five talents went and traded with them and made another five. Likewise the one who received two made another two. But the man who received one went off and dug a hole in the ground and buried his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants came back and settled accounts with them. The one who had received five talents came forward, bringing the additional five. He said, Master, you gave me five talents. See, I have made five more. His master said to him, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Since you were faithful in small matters, I will give you great responsibilities. Come, share your master's joy. Then the one who had received two talents also came forward and said, Master, you gave me two talents. See, I have made two more. His master said to him, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Since you were faithful in small matters, I will give you great responsibilities. Come, share your master's joy. Then the one who had received the one talent came forward and said, Master, I knew you were a demanding person harvesting where you did not plant, and gathering where you did not scatter. So out of fear, I went off and buried your talent in the ground. Here it is back. His master said to him in reply, You wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I did not plant and gather where I did not scatter. Should you not have then put my money in the bank so that I could have got it back with interest on my return? Now then, take the talent from him and give it to the one with ten. For to everyone who has, more will be given, and he will grow rich. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And throw this useless servant into the darkness outside, where there will be wailing and grinding of teeth. The Gospel of the Lord. Brothers and sisters, we are nearing the end of our current liturgical season. Next week is Christ the King. The week after that is the beginning of Advent. I mean, it's, it's nearly here. And just in that reflection alone, the fact that we go through the liturgical seasons, every three years we hear the different readings and scriptures, and, and some we maybe hear more often, some we hear more frequently, some maybe stick with us more. The time, the, the talent gospel is fascinating because there's also like variations right we we hear the five talents the two talents the one talent sometimes we hear there's five three and one but to ensure that scripture is always alive that scripture is always active we don't want to just say oh yeah i know what this gospel is i know what the homily is going to be and tune out because where we were the last time we possibly heard this gospel would be very different where we were with our souls, with our lives, everything. And so we have to remember that Scripture is alive and new no matter how many times or how frequently we hear God's Word. Like, what is He saying particularly to us in this time, this moment? 
And one overarching concept that we can take from this gospel is just involvement. What's my involvement with the church? What's my involvement in my faith? What's the involvement I have pursuing the Lord and being pursued by him? When Jesus tells the parable, right, it's just a story, but he's, he's doing it for a particular purpose, right? He's trying to get to an underlying concept. And so he's talking about a man going on a journey. Well, this is the 25th chapter of Matthew. And so Jesus is actually kind of emph- or expressing this idea that there's a delay between the ascension, when he ascends, and God's judgment on Israel, the second coming. So we know that he's died, we know that he's resurrected, we know that he's ascended, but we're still kind of on this journey waiting for that final judgment. It also is an indication of one's singular lifetime, that when we go on a journey, we go on a journey of a lifetime, and forever length that is, we need to be ever-present, ever-watchful, and aware of God's movement. And so how do we expect in our own lives to cultivate gifts God has given us? When we look at these talents, right, the talents can be understood in two ways. The first can be that of a monetary sum. So a talent was a coin that represented a large sum of money, approximately 20 years of wages for a laborer. I don't, know, I don't know what the equivalent of that is in American dollars, but that sounds like a lot. 20 years of wages for a laborer. And so he gives five talents, 100 years to one. He gives two, or 40 years to another. He gives one year to another. And that's no small, that's no small feat. That's a big deal. Like, here's, here's millions and millions and millions of dollars. Good luck, right? That's what he's saying, basically. So that's one notion. We can look at it as, as a currency, as a form of money, which should, like, kind of surprise us. But we can also look at it <clears throat> in the modern notion as just that, actual talents, abilities, skills, gifts, passions, joys. Note, though, that they're not all the same, and they're not given out equally, Right? To one he gave five, to another two, to a third one, to each according to his ability. So right away we can already tell that God is distinctive in what he does. He actually has knowledge in what he's doing that over to this person I'll give them a a handful. Over to this person I'll give them a singular one. Okay, but if that happens, now now how do we act? Do we get jealous and envious because I only have the one talent? Do I get pompous and prideful because I have many? Do I, do I immediately with great zeal go and multiply or, or do I out of fear hide and bury? See, the one that had the five, the, the master already knew that individual's character because it says immediately the one who received five went and traded with them made another. So he already knew that this person was motivated, was, was um, seeking after growing what the master has given him but also again a hundred years of wages what if he traded them and lost them so you had to have great courage right great courage that even if i lose these the master didn't give these to me to be uh to be hidden but to be utilized 
right? Our talents are not to be just kept in a closet in the house that we pull out only twice a year, but they're actually meant to be used every day. So there's a great courage that it takes to utilize the talents. And the one that doesn't, he straight up says, out of fear, I buried this. Out of fear, I hid this. Out of fear, I didn't use this. But notice what the master says to both servants who multiply, regardless if it was the five into the ten or the two into the four. He says this to both of them. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Since you were faithful in small matters, I will give you great responsibilities. Come share your master's joy. Now, I'm not sure about the rest of you, but I don't think we can just speed past this idea that says small matters. Okay? 20 years wages, and in his mind, that's a small matter. Is no one else shocked by this? Because in the master's eyes, God, right, the monetary elements, not the end-all be-all, right? We are not like the Egyptians. We do not get buried with our money. It's not going to be with us when we die and we're in heaven. Like, there's no, there's no need for that. And yet at the same time, if we think about it in the, in the sense of abilities, then God's even saying our abilities are small. They're micro compared to the responsibilities he has in store for us, which makes me start to think, what could you possibly have me do as a responsibility that's more important than this? And I know the answer already. You know, for, for me, as a priest, one of those talents or abilities is, because of the, the sheer office I hold, the care of souls. Yeah, 100 years of wages sounds like a big deal. 200 souls in eternity sounds like a little bit bigger deal. And so how are we acknowledging the particular talents God gives us? And regardless if we got the five or the two, he says the same thing. Well done, my good and faithful servant. He gives us what he knows we can take, but he's pleased when we use that. So when he gets to the, the, the guy that only has the one talent, doesn't use anything, acknowledges there's fear, he doesn't just say lazy, right? He calls him wicked. You know what he's meaning by that? Like, wicked? That Oh, man, that, oh, ugh, it's piercing, right? Wicked servant, like, who knows exactly? Like, now we're getting into, like, some conjunction, but what if that one servant, seeing the others with the five or the two or the multiple talents, looks at the one he has and says, well, what the heck? Do you not think I'm capable? Well, now I'm jealous. Now I'm envious. And in fact, I don't want you to get any more talents. I'm not going to take what you gave me and multiply it. I want you to have less. What if that's how the servant handled it? What if that's how he looked at it and saying, so same thing for us. Lord, you've given me these gifts and abilities, but guess what? I don't want the kingdom of God to grow. Lord, you've given me abilities and talents, but I don't want people to know about you. Lord, you've blessed my life in many ways, but I don't want anyone else to share the joys I have. Yeah, that sounds actually pretty wicked. So there's not just a wickedness and a laziness here, but like a failure to use and cultivate one's talents results in the very loss of those talents, the loss 
of our lives and our souls and the loss of others. I mean, think of it in this way, right? Um, if we see a need, we should want to fill the need. If we, if we see at Mass like, wow, there's no servers up here today. Maybe I should ask Father about becoming a server. See a need, fill a need. Or maybe you're like, it's the same lectors every week, and I'm just tired of their voices. Maybe I should provide my voice as a lector. I say this because yesterday we did our ministry training for lectors and extraordinary ministers for Holy Communion, and it was great. We had a lot of new faces there, but there's always room for more. If we see a need, do we fill the need, or do we just say, someone else will take care of it? One of our rectors in the seminary had a, he would tell this, it was a very common phrase he would use in our rector's conference. He said, they'll take care of it. And then the question is, who's they? Well, they is me, right? Because we always, we had lights in the seminary. He would, he would go around at the end of every day, every light, off, off, off. We even had stickers made. Turn off the lights, please, you know. Such a small thing, right? Small matter. But because you're faithful with it, I'll give you great responsibilities. So to everyone who has, more will be given. He will grow rich, but from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. Jesus is saying this parable again at the time he's saying it because he needs the disciples to know certain things. And that means he needs us, as his disciples, to know certain things. In, in, in one sense, I wish, I wish it was just like this in Scripture, but I don't think they would have used this vernacular. If, if Jesus just said, hey, you have got to listen to me. Right? I just kind of wish that would happen from time to time. Like, okay, I'm paying attention. Because he's reminding them, like, there's a mission to be had because I won't be here. You are actually going to continue the mission. I need you to help me, God. It's like, wow, that's kind of awesome. God needs me to help him. Sweet. Can't wait to. So how do we lean in as, as modern-day disciples? How do we lean in together and to discover our talents? How do we discover the ways to build the church? Well, this is what we've already tried to do. We had a called and gifted workshop to discover the different calls and gifts the Holy Spirit gives us. About eight to ten people came. Not quite the number I desired, but maybe we'll do it again, right? That'll be a good thing. You know, we had the ministry training yesterday. You know, some people were there, some people weren't. Some new faces, some others that should have been but weren't. But we'll have another one. You know, we, we offer, we've been offering more and more confession times, and maybe people are taking advantage of that. Maybe they're not. We have adult formation. It seems like the same 15 people are there every week, but there's a lot that aren't. We have high school ministry, which we even change the times to accommodate more people to come, and they don't. We have RCIA, right? We have people who are like ready to say, I want to be a part of this, and yet some are still on the fence, and, and others are like, nah, I'm good, and whatever. So there's so many things. It's just, are we ready to step into that? Now, let me give this caveat. My mother has told me on numerous occasions that I can sound very blunt and crass and rude when I say certain things. 
And I imagine that what I just said probably felt a little crash or rude or blunt. And I don't apologize for that, but I do need to clarify what my intention is. If as the pastor of St. Bernard's, the spiritual leader and father in the faith here, then really the, the greatest thing I care about is your soul. The, the thing that keeps me up at night are the souls I have not yet been able to help. And so do I want you to feel a little guilty to some degree? Yeah, I do. I want you to feel a little guilty because Catholic guilt can be a good motivator. I don't want there to be a sense of shame or embarrassment or like, oh, he's calling me out. I might be calling you out, but it's because I love you. It's because I care for the eternal reality of what's to come. My, my hope and prayer, I can't say this for every single priest, but my hope and prayer for priests is that they don't become priests because of the money or the fame or the glory, right? Because we don't get a lot of those things. We become priests because we love God with every ounce of our heart, have wanted to give it to him, and then and so give it to you so that you can encounter a living, loving, compassionate, merciful God. So how do we discover what these talents are? Sure, these, these are ways. But, but here's the final element. Even as the priest here, I am ill-equipped to do everything that needs to be done. I know that. My humanity is flawed. It is weak. It lacks. I do not have all the talents. In fact, I get envious and jealous sometimes of other people's talents. I wish I could lead music with a voice that was beautiful and glorious. I can get by, and I'm content with that for now. But there's voices out there that are phenomenal and amazing. They're just like, I don't really want to use it. Well, come on. Or the fact that, like, I've had different individuals in, in the past year say, Father, I really want to do this thing or have this study or, or do this group. I'm like, that's awesome. Do that. You don't need me to do it. I mean, maybe you, you want me there a couple times, but like, if you want to start a, a small Christian community, like, do that. There are talents, there are gifts, there are, there are passions and joys and hopes that are out there that far exceed what I could ever do by myself. And it's what the parish needs because, you know, unfortunately, I'm going to have to move at some point, hopefully not for a long time, all right? But it's going to happen, right? That's just the reality of the world. And so it, this can't all be just what Father Jay drives, right? What does the parish drive? What are the talents out there? And, and some might be thinking, like, I'm only the one with the one talent. I don't know what else to do. Guess what? Everyone has at least one talent, and that talent is to pray. We all have that gift and ability to come and say, Lord, here's my time for you. And what a great gift to give because we think, oh, that's not really benefiting anyone. It's actually benefiting thousands. I've been helping out this retreat this past week in the Summit Awakening Retreat for Young Adults. By the way, they have more desserts than they know what to do with. 
So thank you. You have answered that call and it is greatly appreciated. In fact, they said, please don't ask them to do it again. <laughs> I said, well, I'm going to ask them, but we'll, we'll temper it next time. So they have the retreatants on the retreat. They have the, the primary team who's doing things, but the retreatants don't know this. There's another group of about 20 individuals who have been in prayer ministry all weekend. They, they've been praying before the Blessed Sacrament for those retreatants to encounter God. And the thing is, they know they're there, but they don't know they're there. What an amazing talent to share. Even thinking about what's ahead this week, right, with Thanksgiving, are we grateful for the things we have, the things that the Lord's given us, or are we, are we not? God gives us talents. They're not shared equally, and that's okay. But do we take them and multiply them out of courage and out of desire and out of zeal, or do we hide them out of fear and envy? This parish is just a, a diamond waiting to shine. And it's not because of me. It's not because of, of past priests. Like, we do our particular ministerial thing, and, and that's good. But it's really because of you. This parish is going to flourish for years and years to come because of you and your talents. It's just a matter of waking some of them up. It's a matter of stepping into some of those challenging or unknown places. And here's, here it is. Like I said, I'm ill-equipped. I know that. I need your help. And so I, I need you to tell me, like, what do you want? What do you need? How, how do you want to build and add to and aid the church, the, the parish, the community? I want to hear that. And that should be our mindset. See a need, fill a need. Not out of shame or embarrassment, but out of like a, a small healthy Catholic, amount of Catholic guilt. Right? Just that sense of like, the Lord needs something from me. I'm going to give it to him. Who knows what that could be? There's, there's probably things that we don't even know what to do yet because there's talents waiting to be revealed. So the next time we have called and gifted, come. Next time we have a ministry training, come. Next time confession's available, if you need to, go. You know, adult formation, there's always something evolving there. And, and if it wants to expand into something different, let's let it. High school ministry, if it needs to change and evolve, let's do that, right? RCIA, it is so great to have you, and it's so important for us to pray for them and each other. I'm really excited. I'm really hopeful, and I'm really happy that I get to be here. And I pray that, that you start to have that and continue to have that same um, reality, that God, you know, we want to hear at the end of our lives, well done, my good and faithful servant. Since you are faithful in small matters, I'll give you great responsibilities. Come and share your master's joy.